Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. everyone, I'm Tracy Koga and welcome to Hue at Home. It is officially spring, but will we get that last snow day before the end of the month? And that's usually what we brace ourselves for every year. But this one's different. We're all anxiously waiting to get vaccinated and then embrace freedom or not. Well, whether or not, let's just laugh. And the Winnipeg Fringe has been doing just that with free shows all this month on their YouTube and Facebook page. I'm going to check this one out. It's on March 31st and it's called Eye Candy, featuring Stephanie Moran Roberts, who you're going to get to meet right now. Well, it is always good to have a really good laugh. And, well, uh, the Winnipeg Fringe is doing just that with their winter series. And I am so happy and excited to be chatting with Stephanie, who has a new play out called Eye Candy. It's coming up March 31st, but you know what? That's not too far away, Stephanie. And uh, I was just attracted because of the storyline. And, folks, the storyline, you know, I'll just give a, maybe a little bit of a warning. Correct, Stephanie? <laughs> Totally, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 fun to take something that was just a complete life changing experience and stage it and layer it with comedy. Because as we know, there's all these things happening, especially like the pandemic, whether it's grieving a loved one, um, but birth, birth. There's so much that could happen, and the adventures that come along with it. Whether things go as smoothly as possible, it's still crazy what happens to our bodies as women when we give birth. And there's so much that happened during the 56-hour labor of my firstborn. And um, it's it's nice and actually healing to be able to share it and and layer it with comedy, as I mentioned, because laughter is definitely contagious and, and healing. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about 56 56- hours Stephanie oh my goodness uh, I know oh my goodness but now thinking back at it it's you know I think about um now I understand what pre-labor is and easing into you know being fully dilated and all of that I think um yeah it was a marathon basically my second born a lot faster but it wouldn't have made such an interesting show so I'm excited to to share the adventure um that, that happened between my partner and I whether it was him 
passing out on top of me just as I was about to push her out or, you know, um, <laughs> just events like that or them running me a bath because I wanted a water birth and just as I put my feet in the water, I realized that it's burning hot and the cold water wasn't working. Just all of these curveballs that I just had to go with. And then of course, the lovely arrival, um, which I won't share too much about, but um, it, it's lovely to be able to share this story. Oh, I guess through this whole journey too, Stephanie, when you're looking back at it all, um, how has it changed you as a person and also as a mother? You know, it changed me because I wasn't a mother before having this baby, and, and that transition is so underrated. Whether it's the transition of, of what it like, what it is to be pregnant and to deliver a baby, it's so underrated. I walked out of that hospital. I stumbled out of that hospital, <laughs> just thinking, looking at all of the mothers I know and meet, and just being in awe of what they've been through to become a mother, to enter motherhood. So um, it really changed me in the way, my appreciation for for mothers in general, my own mothers, mother figures in my life, um, but also changed me as a person because your whole life shifts in such a big way. Like all of a sudden, I am second. It's like my priority, it's my kids. and and. You kind of have to shed that identity, and, and this is where themes like you know postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, mm -hmm. um, the challenges around nursing, the challenges around being intimate with your partner afterwards, and whether you're ready or not for that. These are all things that a lot of mothers go through that you don't really hear so much about. Um, yeah, all the things, the advice, unsolicited feedback. It's like, it's amazing. I feel like I've entered into this, like, yeah, motherhood, a bigger understanding of, of the, the joys and lovely things, of course, but also the struggle, the realness, the vulnerability that you're faced with. It's just, it blows my mind. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> if we get back to the show, where do you begin at, and how did you pick the experiences that you know you wanted to portray and, and then how did you manage to weave it into a full story? Yeah, I, I structured out the show in a way that uh, felt logical, following the pregnancy, you know, following the different terms all the way to the delivery of, of the baby and um, it it was great to be able to refer back to a journal I kept and pictures and actually include them in the show, show pictures of me along the way and um, and just layer it with unapologetic humor to really show the, the realness behind it all. And I selected the moments um, by using at first improvisation and I, I use the fringe circuit to shape and develop a lot of my work because when you tour the fringe circuit you have you could have like 60 shows over the course of a few months and every night shape and try different things and for me the audience really informs what I do because my clown training and it, it's a it's a duo it's an exchange and now in this new reality of performing virtually without an audience, you know, I'm taking away a whole part of the script. 
And I'm so pleased that I was able to workshop it with an audience to be able to know what hits, what doesn't, what feels good, what to stretch, what to shorten. Um, when I say stretch and shorten, it's funny because there's so many parallels when you're talking about childbirth. But, um, <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to adjust and shift the show to this new virtual platform, and um, which I've been doing with for all of my work, um, working from a home stream studio and, and just making it work. So this show, it'll be the first time I ever perform it virtually without an audience. Um, before the actual performance, I have uh, three days of tech and workshopping in this space where I'm really going to adapt it. So I'm about to enter that process um, at the end of this month, and I'm really excited to give it a new life. Yeah. Well, and I guess, like you said, like you've been getting used to this virtual, and especially for fringe actors that rely so heavily on the audience and that energy. I know doing things virtually, it just sometimes I guess becomes one-dimensional. Now, this, uh, the play is called Eye Candy. So is there a story behind the name? Yeah, so um, I have another solo show that I toured a lot and it, that it has kind of shaped me into a full-time performer. Um, I've toured all over the world with this show. It's called Blindside and it's about my childhood coming to terms with my disability um, and losing my left eye to cancer. Uh, so. Eye candy is kind of an extension of that. It is the part one, me becoming a mother, becoming an adult, and still being who I am, which is a person with a disability, with, with a glass eye. And um, so that is a theme that, that remains within um, and that I, I definitely use throughout the, the poster, Eye Candy. It, it's me wearing a breast pump with a glass eye in my mouth and this really kind of powerful pose. It's empowering, it's vulnerable, it's raw, and that's exactly what birth is all about. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I would say anything eye related has kind of become my trademark, and this is very much a, a sequel to Blindside without having to see Blindside to, to fully enjoy it. Wow. I mean, what you've accomplished, Stephanie, and, and, and truly now, I, I think I understand more on how you feel so emotional about being a mother, and yeah. now the responsibility of, yes, they're young and they depend on you, but they do grow up, and <laughs> it will be another journey, right? Another mm -hmm. new experience. So, I mean, it's so wonderful that you are on that journey. And you had mentioned your partner or husband, how has that relationship grown with yeah. oh, wow. sharing <laughs> a child? You know, you go, we, we, it was a clear decision for us. We were very lucky that we were able to, to get pregnant and, and plan it the way we did for our first pregnancy. And um, we felt strong, connected, ready to become parents. And then you become parents and you realize that you just, <laughs> you become even stronger and more you have to you mm -hmm. have to to survive <laughs> yes oh yes um, and and um, yeah it's brought us so so much closer and we have a bit of an unconventional family setup where most of our relationship has been on the road we met touring we toured together we didn't live anywhere we lived in his truck for a little bit 
it was just like we were fully immersed in what we were doing. And as we managed to make it our full-time career and make a living, you know, we bought a house together and then we decided to have a kid. <laughs> and, like, and then that really shifted things. But all the timing was kind of the silver lining of the pandemic for us because the arrival of our second born Jack, um, now we have two kids, it was timed perfectly because we couldn't tour. It made me stop, ground myself. We did some nesting. We, you know, settled into our home. And that um, was necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, we're both full-time performers, so we are hungry for opportunity. And we never stop. And only when I actually had to stop did I realize how burnt out I was. Mm -hmm. um, having gone through a whole pregnancy the birth, the early ages, and not stopping, still touring throughout. Like I, my last performance was when I was eight, like eight months pregnant. Um, and I was performing again when I was two months postpartum. So it was a lot. Um, and then with Jack, I got to re-experience fall again, but do it in a nice, slow, grounded, static way without extra visitors coming in and out, because they couldn't come. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. it, was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, I think it's such a wonderful experience and you know, pandemic, yes, it's had its heavy toll on all of us, but it's yeah. nice to know that there are some silver linings and there are some positive things and definitely being able to take time and step back and, and be a parent, be a mom or dad or whatever is truly a blessing. I only say, I have only one request. Can we see Jack and Olive? Oh my gosh, I would totally say yes, but, but. they are finally settled upstairs. Okay, no, no, do um, not, not disturb a sleeping baby. Them, but I, I do have a picture uh, just right here of my sister and I. <laughs> oh, there you That's go. And there we go. <laughs> Happy ending Just to the to story. Right next to me. <laughs> well, there's babies. Um, and, and yeah, I'm excited. And while I don't want to minimize the, the grief and the hardship that mm -hmm. we've experienced over the last year, um, we're really fortunate to have these types of opportunities to still share our work, share our stories. Um, and uh, thank you for taking the time to to, to cover oh, it. Well, <laughs> I can hardly wait to see you live on stage, Stephanie, but it's Stephanie <laughs> Moran Robert. Uh, her play is called Eye Candy. You can go to the website winnipegfringe.com. Eye Candy is going to be on Wednesday, March 31st at 7.30 p.m. and it is free streaming on YouTube and Facebook at Winnipeg Fringe. I think I've got all that information. Um, <laughs> but it's lovely meeting you, Stephanie. You too. Yes, so hugs to Olive and Jack and yeah. hopefully we'll see them on stage with their mom and dad. That'd be a great uh, segue for a new play. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>
welcome back to Hugh at Home. Still to come, a new episode of Robin Priest's Let's Get Your Human Back Again with special guest Jana Couture. But first, I am so happy that hair salons are open again. We have an exciting new hair segment featuring Verde stylist Colleen. She's going to show us how simple it is to get our glam back again with some beautiful Hollywood style curls. Hi, I'm Colleen, the Education Director for the Verde Salon Group. Today I'm going to show you how to do a loose, beautiful Hollywood glam style wave using a flat iron. You can also use a curling iron or a wand, whatever you're most comfortable with. You'll curl all your hair one way and then brush it out revealing this beautiful soft curl. I hope you enjoy. So before I use any hot tools in my hair, I always use the Aveda Heat Relief. So it's a heat protector, protects your hair up to 450 degrees, and it's also a dry conditioning mist, and it has our shampoo aroma, which is just beautiful. So I mist it throughout all my hair, and then using the Aveda Paddle Brush, I'm gonna comb it through. So all of these Aveda products are available at verdesalon.ca right now. Um, we deliver over $50, or you can pick up at either one of our Bridgewater or um, Seasons locations, you can also pick up at the AAW school in the exchange. So let's put it into a few different sections. Usually I do two, well I should say three to four sections. You might do two to three sections. I have a lot of hair. So here we go. Section one. And I'm not getting too crazy because I am gonna be brushing it out afterwards. So I'm starting keeping my um, curling iron vertical and I'm starting at the base, giving it one twist, holding the ends, and then pulling it all the way to the end. It's okay if you get a little extra hair caught in there. And letting it go. There's curl one. Don't brush it out before you go on to the next curl. Let it cool and then we'll brush it out afterwards. You can see my little pokies coming out from underneath, so I had an undercut for a while, it's growing back. So now I just have this cute little, it's not cute actually, I don't know what I call it. So again, this side I'm gonna be curling towards the face. Again, turn, and pull straight out. And let it stay. Okay, so my hair looks a little crazy. It's kind of the moment of truth, but I'm gonna spray in a little bit more air control. I'm gonna spray in some of the Shampure Dry Shampoo, which is unbelievable. It's non-aerosol, which is my favorite, and also has a Shampure aroma. Tilt it upside down. And it sprays out. So little sprays everywhere. And then, I'm gonna scare some of you with this. We're gonna comb through. Oh. 
some light elements. It's called Texturizing Cream. It's great for all hair types. It's really light. Helps either give like a piecey finish or like my ends are a little bit dry, so I want to make them look um, nice and healthy. So between my hands. So if I want to glam this up even more, I'm going to use a Birch Accessories clip, which is available on birchaccessories.ca. This is the Charlotte clip. Um, you can dress it up, dress it down, which is why I absolutely love it. It holds hair really well, whether you have fine hair or super thick hair. So I'm going to clip this off here. So I think I'd like the thinner section, the finer section to go behind my ear. slightly it just gives like a nice little extra little bling um, and I'll also take some before and after pictures so you can see it from every angle thanks for watching While this is very exciting, it is the beginning of a brand new series, a relationship with Robin Priest. You have known Robin to be on the Hue virtual chat, now joining us on Hue at Home with a new series called Let's Get Our Human Back. So without further ado, I am going to throw it over to Robin and maybe do a little introduction for our guest here today. Uh, hi Tracy uh, and hi everyone. Thanks for letting us have this discussion. Um, I just want to give you a little bit about what this series is and then I'll do an intro, intro to our lovely guest today. Um, it really was, it came from me wanting to say when we talk about mental health it really is just about being real and being in a conversation and I think for me it's just about getting our human back. It's about being with people and having conversations and realizing that we're not alone and that lots of people are dealing with kind of mental health issues on a scale of I'm doing really well today to, oh my gosh, the, everything feels like it's falling apart. And I wanted to kind of reach out and bring some people to have a chat and talk about their life where maybe it wasn't that great at times and how they got through it and what they're doing now. And really one of the things for me is talking about the essence of like sharing with each other and that peer support aspect. So I'm pretty excited today. Our uh, first guest, Janica Tour, I've known her for a number of years and just a complete inspiration to me for what she's gone through personally 
and also in terms of with her family. So I might just throw it over, Jana, if you can tell us a, a little bit about like who you are and what you do now and then maybe share a little bit about your story. Yeah, so thank you, uh, Robin and Tracy, for having me uh, join you today and have discussions. Um, just, you know, just as Robin had said, um, for me, um, getting our human back on and having real conversations with people is um, something that's very near and dear to my heart. So um, a little bit about me. I am a, uh, I'm an Indigenous woman um, that has lived quite a life um, myself with um, quite a background of, of trauma and um, mental health challenges. Um, I currently am working uh, as a peer support worker, um, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, I guess along my journey and um, during the course of the last uh, 40 years of my life, um, I've, I've really realized what, what was missing um, along my journey and, and what I was needing. Um, and in those moments, way back when, and still sometimes now, um, when I suffer, I, I see um, the importance of, of peer support, the importance of being able to have conversations where people will listen to me wholeheartedly um, for who I am, um, having no judgments and just being there in that moment with me. So. so Jenna, do you wanna share a little bit with the viewers a little bit of your um kind of background like where you were and and kind of where you've come to now yeah i mean if we go back to the beginning um i was a child um i, I was adopted as a child um and i didn't know up until recently um that uh, i was um, adopted from a mother who was part of the um, 60 scoop. And so growing up, my adoptive family, um, phenomenal, very supportive, loving parents, um, wonderful brother, um, couldn't have asked for a better family. Um, but they also weren't given the, uh, the proper information or any information on where I came from, um, my roots, any of that. So for 18 years, um, I didn't know where I came from, my background of any. Um, I, was a, um, I was a child, um, I am a child survivor of sexual abuse. Um, and so growing up, I definitely had, um, I definitely had some struggles. I um, struggled with um, being able to maintain friendships. I struggled with being able to... Um, have close relationships with adults and trusting adults, um, and I guess ways that um, ways that I would cope with that uh, were unhealthy ways. Um, so, you know, I always I always say I, I had such wonderful parents, and they always did everything and anything they could for me, and uh, nobody could really understand fully what was going on. I couldn't understand what was going on. Um, so as a teenager, I uh, quickly fell into a lifestyle of um, using and abusing drugs. Um, I 
you know, turned to the streets and I turned to people that I thought um, were people that cared for me and had my best interests uh, at heart. Um, and they didn't, you know, it was, um, wh when I look back now, we were all um, suffering from something, things that were going on and everyone was kind of looking for that sense of family. And for me, I don't know why I was always looking for it because I always had it with my adopted parents. Um, it was nothing I was ever deprived of. They never sort of walked away. They were always there. I think for me, being confused, being an adopted child, I just had a lot that I had to work through. So at the age of 17, I got pregnant um, with my first child. And that's, uh, that's where I kind of say I started my journey, um, a journey that I'm still on uh, now. Um, I chose to start making changes. I chose to um, make changes that I knew were going to be in the best interest of myself and my child because I didn't want my child being a product of, you know, going, I didn't want my child having to be adopted or having to be taken away. Um, so I ended up going on to get my healthcare aid diploma. Um, from there, I did some palliative care. Um, and then I ended up working um, in the field with, um, with women in prison. I was in corrections for almost a decade, really enjoyed my job, um, very much enjoyed my job. Um, but during the course of that, um, you know, 10 years, noticed the, the lack of empathy, the lack of understanding and education around um, mental health, around really the, 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 core, the core issues that a lot of women face. And um, I started looking into things a little bit deeper um, because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like I was fulfilling what I could be doing um, while I was there. My job was an officer um, and, and as an officer, um, you really don't, sorry, my dog's gonna bark. <laughs> Um, as an officer, you don't really have the opportunity to sit and have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with, with these women, um, which is something I very much enjoy doing. Um, and so that's where I chose to, uh, to look towards peer support. And so peer support for me became known to me when one of my children, I'm a mother of three, um, one of my children was suffering some um, significant mental health challenges, and we had really utilized every um, every system, every every resource we could here um, in Manitoba. And so um, I ended up um, finding peer support um, when I was I was beaten, I was down, I was defeated. There was really um, there was really nothing left that I thought was going to be helpful. And uh, I remember the conversation that I had um, with, with the lady that I had had my, my conversation with and the feelings instantly of validation, the feelings of the empathizing and the lived story that I was provided with um, were such a relief for me to know that somebody else in this world was going through something similar to what I'm going through really made me feel um, human. It made me feel like I wasn't alone. Um, it gave me hope. It gave me, um, 
It gave me empowerment feelings that I could continue because I really was deflated. I was really in a spot where I didn't think I could go on. We've, we've done everything and we've tried everything, right? So um, for me, it was huge. I, I say peer support saved my life. Um, I've, I've, and, and I, I don't say anything ill towards doctors, but I've, I've seen many doctors. I've seen many psychiatrists. We've seen many counselors. Um, and everyone has a job and, and everyone has an important job. Um, when I was provided peer support, it was such a different and unique um, experience. Um, and so now myself as a peer support worker, um, I'm able to engage with, with folks um, without an agenda. I'm able to have these conversations, um, meeting people where they're at and, and really listening and empathizing with what's going on for them. Not trying to change them, not trying to, you know, tell them what to do or how to do it. Really just being there to have that conversation and let them know that somebody cares. Wow. So how, what is your relation with Robin then? I'm curious. So Robin, um, Robin has offered me peer support um, in the past. And I mean, I've done some, I've done some courses with Robin. I met Robin um, at a time where things were, were still pretty rocky. And uh, I quite often say things are still pretty rocky <laughs> in my life some days. Um, but Robin, Robin became um, a very important person in my life in the sense of um, Robin's ability to, to really listen and, and just be there in, in moments that I, I didn't think I could go on. I didn't know what to do. I didn't think I could go on. Um, I, know, um, I know that Robin was there for one of my children at an extremely... Um, at an extremely imperative moment where my child was um, going to take her life and the conversation that Robin engaged in with my child um, changed that. So Robin is, is not only someone I look towards for peer support, um, but she's a very, very dear friend of mine and um, holds a very special place in my heart. Woo. Robin, my thoughts are like, Jana's story is amazing. In your eyes, Robin, what did you see in Jana that she could be this person that she is today? Um, I, I think what I saw in Jana is someone that wanted to make a difference in the world. Um, in, in terms of the conversations I had with Jana when we first met were about, I came through a lot and like being able to share that, like her story about being able to talk with someone who had had a similar story and grain courage and um, the ability to go after what she wanted and to see her and the way she relates to other people is um, like is a blessing. And so, uh, you know, I, I was doing some work with uh, P 
Peer Connections Manitoba, who are formerly the Manitoba Schizophrenia Society. And we had a, a number of jobs coming up. They got a contract through the Manitoba government to um, deliver peer support at the Crisis Response Centre here in Winnipeg for people who are dealing with a mental health crisis. Um, and they're also doing some work in a Dauphin emergency room. And we had these jobs coming up and I reached out to Jana and I said, I know you have this really secure career in uh, corrections, but I think this is your calling. And um, Jana didn't hesitate to like go after that. And uh, watching her with individuals who are, uh, are struggling themselves or um, hearing about her connections with families, because as Jana said, she, she has a couple of kids who have um, struggled themselves and are still dealing with their own addiction and me mental health things. Um, watching her be courageous and share her story and open herself up and be vulnerable and just sit with people um, is, is just, that's the piece for me about getting our human back on. That human connection makes the difference for people, a world of difference. So, um, Jenna, it's like this honour and privilege to be part of your life and having that conversation with your kid, I will never forget that because that changed me as well, being able to to be in a conversation and like have someone change their, their mind. Not that my job is about trying to stop someone doing something, but, but just being able to be there and hear where she was at and sit in that that conversation. Yeah. So it's amazing. I just it's a privilege being part of your life and having you be part of our business because I know that sometimes you help us out with courses and stuff as well. So thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both of you. And maybe just to wrap up, Jana, to you, words of wisdom for others out there, maybe going through the same thing that you went through, help them. Honestly, um, words of wisdom, it, it's a journey and it's definitely uh, not an easy journey. It's, it's scary, um, it's terrifying and uh, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with, um, with others is something that I'm I'm very much still in the process of, of getting comfortable with and doing. Um, I can say though, um, with 100% certainty, the types of conversations and the types of interactions that somebody will have um, in a peer support situation um, will be very different than other types of um, conversations that you might find in, you know, um, healthcare facilities or, you know, even in, in crisis centers um, with, you know, with the medical teams. Um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to share your story and tell your story um, and listening to other people tell their story for me is, is so healing. Um, I had an interaction earlier today where um, a gentleman and I interacted and, 
his story was so healing for me that we both at the end of the phone call said, you know, like I've gotten something from you and you've gotten something from me. And that, and that's what it's about, right? It's about being human and having that conversation um, and just allowing yourself to, to speak from the heart and listen from the heart wholeheartedly uh, without any judgment, offering hope and um, self-determination for people. Cause that's a huge piece of it as well. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Jana. And as always, Robin, you're the master. So I'd say I've learned empowerment, self-determination, love and hope, all human traits that we need to get back in our lives. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. We want to thank all of our special guests on today's show and leave you with this question. What are you looking forward to the most this spring? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or message us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikehew. But for now, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home. Listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.